I do not think that there is a human being on the face of our planet right now who does not struggle at least a little bit with defensiveness. And yeah, some of us struggle a lot. And defensiveness in marriage is definitely going to make you unhappy and dissatisfied with your marriage. It turns out it's not an easy one to overcome either. But today we're going to show you how. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have an exposing episode for you this week. We are going to call you out, expose this gremlin running around in all our marriages called defensiveness. This is episode number 173. Hey there, before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we discussed resentment and how that can really drain the life out of a marriage and how to fix it too. Mm -hmm. That's worth going back and checking out. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. If you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice. And most of all, we offer hope, even if you're too defensive, unlike me. I know what you're thinking. I'm not defensive. Yeah, but I didn't say it. Right. But that's the problem right there. It is. So let's get into it. I don't really want to do this one because it's like hitting a little bit too close to home. Okay. Well, we're just going to see how messed up it really is then. How messed up I am? Oh, I didn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) I think you did. (laughs) Okay. Okay. The Bible says that a brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city and quarreling is like the bars of a castle. That's Proverbs 18, 19 in the ESV. Uh, You could read that a wife offended or a husband offended, right? Once you hit that point where there's an attack and there's a known flaw as well, there's actual issues, then it's really easy to get defensive. So we have some cool stuff to start with because we're really going to break down this defensiveness thing, Verlinda. You have to know Mm -hmm. the enemy in order to defeat it, right? Okay. So you have to know what's going on here. And the enemy's not your spouse. It's the defensiveness that happens between you. Mm -hmm. So defensiveness happens when four things all line up. And what I really like about this is you get to see that if you take any one of these out, you begin to undermine this whole defensiveness thing in your own life. Okay. So the first thing that has to be there is there has to be, let's say I'm, be, I'm the person being defensive, okay? Okay. Number one, there has to be a self-perceived flaw, which I refuse to admit. Mm-hmm. The second thing is I have to be sensitive to that flaw, like I'm embarrassed or I'm even ashamed about it. Okay. If you think about it, right? If you have a flaw and you don't care, you're accepting of it, you're not going to get defensive about it. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. The third thing is there has to be an attack by another person. And it doesn't even have to be a huge attack. It could just be a blunt observation. Like it it doesn't have to be an overt antagonistic moment. Well, I agree with that because you can just like point something out casually and I can fly off the handle. True. And the fourth thing is the attacker sees the same flaw, which the defender does not want to admit. Mm -hmm. So you're having someone pointed out to you. So those are the four things Mm -hmm. together. Really, And like being married to a therapist, this happens all the time. Oh boy. Not that I'm defensive or anything. (laughs) Okay, this is bad. I'm just going to listen from somebody else's. I'm just going to listen from somebody else's ears tonight. We'll pretend it's not you. Yeah. Well, we're all defensive, Verlinda, so we all share this in common. Okay. Now, well, 
My next point is uh, <laughs> what defensiveness could also be a personality trait. So the first two items that we mentioned, it's a self-perceived flaw and then you have to be sensitive to that flaw. Those are yeah. more kind of characteristic issues, right? They enter into that area of ways of thinking or personality traits even. Okay. And it's kind of like, I have a flaw, I do not want to admit it, and I am sensitive about it. That can get down into the character. Like it feels like it's a characterological issue in a person. Yes. So when like somebody else brings it up, it feels like you're attacking me as a person. Right. Oh, I totally get this. Okay. And so often we might feel quite inadequate around a flaw or at least insecure about it. And we certainly do not want to admit it to others. And we may not even really admit it to ourselves on top of all this. Hmm. Right. So in order to become defensive, that real or perceived flaw has to relate to something that is an important part of my own sense of self-worth and my identity. So the flaw, that flaw has to be, okay. Yeah, it has, okay. To, has to be a, a significant part of my own sense of self-worth. Okay. So that, that's a part of it too. And so then it just makes sense. And we get defensive in situations in which our identity is threatened. Okay. That's what that comes to. The character, the identity, like who I am is now threatened because yeah. I feel like my, I am this flaw. Am I making okay, sense? I think so. Now, a classic example could be an addiction, getting defensive about an addiction, right? I mean, even if we take that to the lighter end of the scale, like a phone addiction, for me to get defensive, I go through the four parts, right? So I perceive it, but I do not want to admit it, that I have a problem with my phone. Mm-hmm. I am sensitive about the problem with my phone. I don't want it pointed out. Mm-hmm. Then you pointed out to me with a harsh edge to your voice because it's a problem that's becoming between us as a couple, mm-hmm. right? That's the third point. And then you see the flaw that I struggle with my phone. And I know that you see that I struggle with my phone. Oh, and then like defensiveness. Right. And so where I can start to go is, well, I am a phone addict I'm, and I can really kind of just spiral downwards. I must be a bad husband. Good husbands do not have this problem. And now I'm really starting to stake a lot of my self-identity on being a good husband and father, right? And and that's all washing away because of this, this phone issue that's been highlighted. Oh. Now you have all the ingredients for defensiveness, right? Yeah. So because yeah. I feel so threatened in that position, I have to pull back to maintain some sense of integrity that I'm doing okay, that I'm not actually horrible. You have to pull back or you have Push to back. fight back. Push yeah. Back. Yeah. Okay. Back. Yeah. Does that make sense? I think so. I think so. All right. Now I want to talk about defensive communication in marriage and how that gets triggered and what we usually do when we're feeling defensive, because this comes down to how we talk to each other, right? Okay. And the communication piece around defensiveness goes both ways, and we need to separate them in this sense. So think about carefully about how you trigger defensiveness in your spouse, so that's you prompting it in someone, because uh-huh. we can all do that. But we also respond to our spouse when we are feeling defensive. So when we're uh-huh. on the receiving end, how do I respond? Okay. So there's these okay. two sides. So okay. let's talk about how you trigger defensiveness in your spouse. One way is you can use words or tone of voice that evaluates or judges your spouse. Mm-hmm. I see you're on your phone again, you know, mm-hmm. the, the sarcasm or whatever, right? Okay. You could trigger defensiveness by an attempt to control your spouse or coerce them. If you don't put that down, I'm going to freak out on you. Okay. You can trigger defensiveness by being manipulative, by really targeting your spouse or continually needling your spouse or guilting them over it, right? Okay. Or you can use neutral speech, which isn't saying much, but is really saying a lot. It conveys a lack of concern. It's like hair flip. I see you're on your phone again, but that's... It's still pointing out that I see your flaw. Totally, right? Okay. Implications of superiority. Uh, Just some way of saying, you know what? I don't really... I'm not really on my phone. I don't have a phone problem like some people do. How about dogmatism or certainty in your own opinion? Like you can't convince me that you need your phone or something like this, right? Or 
What about any behavior that your spouse just deems threatening or punishing? Okay. There can be loud or rapid speech that triggers defensiveness. There can be just sort of that constant kind of intervening, like frequent interruptions or corrections. Okay. Now you get these last three more in conflict kind of scenarios where it's like, I won't even let you finish your sentence or your thoughts. I just keep hammering you with something, right? Because I'm trying to get a point through. Okay. Uh, so that's more of like a one conversation moment where somebody's using that. But those are all strategies that we use in marriage when we're not behaving well. And they all trigger mm, defensiveness. Okay. So if your okay. spouse is too defensive, I guess what I'm saying here is, can you, can you back off? Maybe you're prompting some of this defensiveness. Maybe it's not all their oh. fault for being defensive. Mm-hmm. You like that? I do. Yep. Well, I'm just so curious to go to the other half of it of how you respond when you're feeling defensive because like you don't have to do any of these things and I still might yeah. respond yeah. defensively. Yeah. It irritates me. Anyway, so well, this is the thing, right? It depends. It all depends on the situation. So some, you and I have run into people in life where we're like, Man, why did I get so defensive around that person? Because mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. normally like that. Yeah. So I, I'm just saying there are behaviors that can trigger it. Two. Oh, okay. Okay. But you got to have those four things as well. The perception of like you see it, but you don't want to admit it, being sensitive to it, all that stuff, right? Yep. Now on the, on the flip side though, think about what you and I likely do when we're feeling defensive. So the first thing that we probably do is we dismiss our spouse's concerns. So I'm on my phone. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? I'm just looking for a place to eat tonight. Mm-hmm. That's dismissing your concern about me having a problem. Yeah. Cause I'll probably be closed anyways. <laughs> <laughs> this is all too true for marriage. <laughs> yes. But okay, that's, sorry. Yeah. that's a defensive response, right? Right. Oh, I'm just looking up a recipe. Right. The second thing is denying or minimizing your own responsibility. Well, people from work keep texting me about stuff. Mm. So other people are doing this to me. Oh, right. okay. That one's quite real. Number three, shifting blame to the attacker. You know, if you'd be a little friendlier to be around, I wouldn't have to use my phone for an escape. Ooh, ouch. Right. Huh. Number four, making excuses. Isn't that what the first three were? Pretty much. Okay. Number five, justifying your own actions. Look, this is how I make a living using my phone. Okay. <laughs> but you're not Awkward silence. <laughs> you're supposed to have a comeback for that. <laughs> so that's both sides of the coin. Like we can trigger it, but then we also have ways of responding to it that are not helpful as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Now here's the thing where we want to talk about how defensiveness impacts marriage because we all have this going on, but what we don't understand is that this is an issue. And in defensiveness in particular, this is one of those things where you can win the battle, but you're going to lose the war. Okay. Defensive styles of communication lead to increased sensitivity and escalation of the conflict because the attacker is going to feel like they're not being heard and the defender keeps trying to deflect responsibility. So think about... Right, yeah. Does that all make sense? Yeah. The attacker feels like they're not being heard, so they're going to attack harder. Yeah. So this, and es- this de- is how conflict escalates. And the defender is defensive and is trying to shift blame. And, right. and the attacker so just attacker wants gets- to be heard. Mm. Okay. Now, where this really hits a marriage in the gut is it is sending a signal to your spouse when you're being defensive that she or he is not getting through to you. Okay. Basically, it's an abandonment or a rejection signal. Ooh. That's really what's going on. That's not good. It's saying you're alone in what you think because you cannot get through to me. Mm. Or it's saying... I don't care what you think. Go away. That's what defensiveness Ooh. does. Now, I saw this amazing statement the other day. It said the opposite of love is not hatred. The opposite of love is indifference. And it just, it reminded me of that, this, talking about this defensiveness here. A fascinating thought. If huh. And it goes to the other comment that I make both in, in my counseling sessions, as well as I've made on this podcast a few times where 
people ask like, well, why do we keep fighting? It's because because negative connection is better than no connection. Right. So the opposite of love is not hatred, it's indifference. And mm. defensiveness is a way of saying, I'm indifferent to your opinions about what's going on right now between us. I think defensiveness is more like a fight. What do you mean? Well, I'm just thinking to when I get defensive and it's not like, oh, I don't care what you think. It's more like, how dare you think that? Okay. But but that's a signal that you're not interested in a very important Shh. person's perspective on your life. Well, I don't... Mm. So you may not be setting out to communicate indifference, but this is why defensiveness is so bad for marriages. Mm. Right? So yeah, there's a lot to being defensive. It, it goes deep actually, doesn't it? Yeah. More than we think. Yeah. And researchers have noted a couple important things about why defensiveness really never has anything positive to offer your marriage. The first thing is that defensiveness in one spouse also makes the other spouse more prone to defensiveness. Now you have a destructive cycle that's going to perpetuate itself. So I'm just reflecting your defensiveness. <laughs> well, we both get defensive sometimes when we fight, right? Yeah, okay. Couples who frequently engage, the second thing is that couples who frequently engage in defensive communication report fewer positive feelings for each other and they experience lower marital quality and satisfaction. So this oh. one defensiveness thing is quite a quite a large piece, right? Yeah. Now, on all this topic of defensiveness, Verlinda, once again, we have created a bonus resource for our much appreciated supporters. This resource will show you how to disarm your spouse's defensiveness, and not only that, but how using affirmation can set the stage in your marriage so that defensiveness becomes kind of pointless. It's not needed mm. anymore because we know we're safe and we're appreciated. Like if you know you're unconditionally accepted, why do you need to be defensive? That's what this does for you. Okay. So we talked about characteristic defensiveness, but what about characteristic acceptance in your marriage? Now that's powerful stuff. That's the antidote to this. And you can get this bonus resource for this episode by becoming a patron of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. We'll just take a quick 60 second break now to tell you more about that. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day -day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive, and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support. You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were talking about how defensiveness really impacts marriage. And so let's talk about reducing defensiveness. Okay. Now, two key pieces here. First one is owning your flaws. This is really interesting. This is like touching a little close to home. Yeah. I think this episode is going to touch close to home for all of us. For more than just me? Yeah, because we all do this. Okay. And this is me modeling how to own your own flaw, which I don't always do. But the built-in objection within defensiveness is that we do not want to be flawed people. Right. Right? Flawed. Yeah. Did I say that word clearly? Flawed. F-L-A-W-E-D. Especially, nor do we wish to be seen by the most important people in our lives as being flawed. 
Right. Like of all the people in my life, I don't want you to see me as deeply flawed. Mm, yeah. Now, yeah. That's my natural inclination, right? Yeah. Now, if you can change your perspective of marriage to one that includes seeing your marriage as a crucible for personal growth, then you're going to be receptive of the complaints that your spouse makes. Mm-hmm. So now if you mention a flaw in me, I'm thinking, okay, this is what I signed up for. Oh, okay. Right? So when uh, she says you're on your phone too much, you can respond differently. You chose to be married because you wished to grow and your spouse just offered you some feedback that could trigger growth. Yeah. This is perfect, right? So instead of becoming defensive, you're now in a position to embrace the feedback, even if it hurts. Oh my dear. Okay. And remember, because one of the core components of defensiveness is a self-perceived flaw, which you refuse to admit. But when you admit and own the flaw, you're no longer in the position of being defensive. You're right. I do use my phone too much. Oh, and that just kind of like de-escalated yeah. everything. Do you have any ideas how I can stop, how I can use it less or get a better balance? Hmm. Because now okay. I'm owning the flaw rather than denying it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, this is almost a way of seeing the world and it's based on a perspective that we are all broken as human beings. Mm-hmm. including myself. Like I have to carry that belief about myself that I'm broken so that when you point out a flaw, it's like, no, duh. Thank you. Mm. I wouldn't have seen that unless you pointed it out to me, right? We all have blind spots. You're making me aware of mine. That's why I wanted, that's one of the reasons why I'm married because it's so beneficial to help me grow. Hmm. And I can't think of anybody more loving and caring than you to help me with that. Okay. This is a huge tone shift in the conversation, right? Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Now, when someone can point out one of my flaws, they may do so in a hurtful manner. Or your spouse may do this in a hurtful way too, right? Yeah. But because I know that I'm already flawed, my identity is not threatened because that mm. is my identity. So there's an attack, but there's not nearly as much sensitivity because I've already embraced my brokenness. Hmm. Now, just to kind of put a little bit of boundary on this, okay? okay? I may choose to set a boundary on people who consistently point out my flaws in a hurtful way because they're toxic, unhealthy, or they're corrosive people. Okay. But when it's someone who cares and is normally respectful, I can much more readily embrace the feedback because I've shifted to owning my flaws as a way of seeing myself. Yeah. So that's the first part to reduce defensiveness is owning your flaws. See, that's powerful, hey? Yeah. And this, I think this is so good because it's not just like remove yourself from anybody who's ever, you know, disagreed with you or pointed out a flaw, but it's saying... No, this person cares for me yeah. and yeah, I am broken. And, and think about this in any context, right? So yeah, you go to a church, somebody makes a comment and you're like, I'm not going back there. Those people are a bunch of idiots. Well, you signed up for being in a community that's about growth. So what do you expect, right? Okay. Now, if it's a church that all they ever do is criticize and there's no affirmation, no respect, no love, then you have a toxic environment and that's, it would be healthy to set a boundary on that church. Okay. Right? Okay. But I'm just saying that in the normal course of things, if you get the odd thing coming in that is painful to hear, it's like, okay, this is what I signed up for. Okay. Gotcha. Right? Okay. Makes sense. Now, the second part is believing in self-determination. So let me explain this a little bit. Cause if you're from a Christian background like us, you might get a little nervous around the idea of self-determination. Self-determination is the belief that we have the ability to make decisions without relying on others. And we do those things out of our own free will rather than being coerced and manipulated. Now, as believers, we believe in the will of God, but we also believe that God has given to every person the ability to make their own choices. Mm -hmm. So I believe in free will. Mm -hmm. Now, 
in the context of believing in free will, which I think most of our listeners will, even if they don't share our faith background, if you believe in free will, you can make choices based on the values that matter to you. So you can make choices. Okay, now just stay with me here. Yeah. So take my phone example and our definition of how defensiveness happens. Someone points out a flaw which you're sensitive to and you refuse to admit. Mm -hmm. Defensiveness says that you can choose to deny the flaw. Here's choice, free will. You can choose to deny the flaw, conceal what is sensitive, and try to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. But self-determination says that you have chosen to enter marriage. You're invested in the health of that marriage and in the care of your spouse. So you see the problem that has been mentioned as a challenge to be faced together rather than something that needs to be denied, minimized, or hidden. And what has shifted here is now you see yourself as capable of addressing something rather than as a victim Mm. or rather than as someone with an unchangeable character Uh flaw. Uh And this is a much more empowered position to act from. Interesting. So when you see your marriage as part of this in the sense that the marriage is where you get to be seen, warts and all, then you'll be even less defensive. Mm-hmm. And in that way, you're acknowledging this is, again, like I said earlier, this is what you signed up for, refinement, for growth, for challenges, right? Yeah. Now, the research shows that people who show this kind of self-determination generally experience better emotional well-being and better relationship satisfaction overall. Wow. So the self-determination piece is important. It just says, I can choose what I'm going to do with this, how I'm going to see this, how I'm going to act in response to this. Right. Am I going to be a victim? Or am I going to, you know, be a willing listener to consider the feedback that is being given to me? Okay. Yeah, that is interesting because you have the choice. You You, can make the choice. You can choose how you're responding to whatever appears to be triggering the defensiveness. Hmm. All right. That's a wrap for me, babe. Okay. Do you want to add anything to that? No, I'm too busy thinking over here. All right. Anyways, we would like to thank those of you who have become patrons. In the last few weeks here, James and also Renee. So thank you for your support to all of our patrons. And we want to shout out a huge thank you to Big Mom Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Something like that. Big Big Mom Brooklyn, who left us a review on iTunes. She says, so helpful, five stars. I'm going through trauma now from a fair discovery. Listening to your podcast helps me understand. What he did is wrong, no matter what, but I'm glad I learned more of the why. Hmm. So that's tough. Yeah, our heart goes out to you in that situation. No. For sure. But good for you for trying to grow out of it. Yep. Trying to find resources, educate yourself, yeah. learn. That's all wise. Next week, Caleb. Next week, we're talking about loyalty in marriage, how important it is and how to show it. Mm-hmm. Now, loyalty is one of those things in marriage that has a super high investment value. The returns are amazing because of how much it benefits a marriage. Cool. That's so pretty uh, loyalty. It sounds like, you know, ho-hum. Kind of yeah, stuff, like, but it's fascinating how much it really does touch in the marriage bond. Cool. Well, that is all for today's episode. So you can get the full show notes at oif.link slash 173. Find out how you can help us help marriages. Go to oif.support. Thanks. And we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. 
Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.